This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. Hello, everybody. I'm Scott Pinyard, head coach of This Naked Mind, and I am back with another edition of Coaching Questions. I'm really excited uh, because my co-host today is one of our fantastic coaches. Her name's Christy Wynn. How's it going, Christy? I'm doing great. How are you doing? So good. And, you know, one of the, I'm excited for a lot of reasons to talk to you today. Um, but one of those is I want to hear more about your journey in particular, but you use a phrase that I love. Uh, and you said you, you like to help people learn radical self-care. So I'd love to just hear a little bit about your journey and what radical self-care is. Yeah, it's my favorite term in the whole world. Um, yeah, there's a, you know, I think there's a confusion around what self-care really means. And so I think it's a nice way to differentiate the self-care we often think of, which is, you know, like getting a manicure, a pedicure, like, you know, doing those sort of external things um, for ourselves. Um, and then really up-leveling that into the radical space, which basically means, you know, how to give yourself, um, to teach yourself more agency, you know, how to take 100% responsibility for yourself. And there are a lot of ways to do that. And so I love helping women in particular um, find themselves again through that radical self-care and learning to kind of put themselves first. So that's um, basically the short version of what yeah. radical self-care is. But um, as far as my journey goes, I, you know, mine was sort of, it came on for, you know, many, many years of just sort of that inner voice kind of talking to me, just that inner knowing, but sort of ignoring it because I didn't really understand um, I knew that I didn't really want to be drinking anymore, but I also didn't really understand what that looked like. Yeah. And I had no one around me that was, that had done it. And I grew up, you know, in Michigan and a big kind of drinking, um, environment and lots of drinking, you know, with my parents growing up. And so for me, I just truly didn't understand how to do it and how life could possibly be fun without it. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it was just sort of, it came over a long stretch um, of really starting to kind of do that work with myself and with others um, in my medical setting practice that I was working in. I was helping a lot of women and just seeing it over and over again, their struggles with the wine culture um, and how that was really stopping them from, you know, becoming their healthiest selves and being their best selves. Um, and so it, it just, you know, it just took a while. I didn't really have any sort of major rock bottom. I definitely was going through some midlife, you know, uh, challenges in my marriage and in general, and just sort of spiraling and a little bit off the rails. Um, but I think that it was, you know, that was a huge contributor to it. And so once I was finally really ready to kind of look at it, <laughs> straight on and um, try to figure out, you know, how to do it and how to make the changes. Um, that was the best thing I'd ever done for myself. And to me, that is radical self-care right there. That's like yeah, the yeah. gift of, you know, giving yourself this huge 
um, change in your life that is really going to set you off on a trajectory that you could never imagine could be possible. So I love that. And, you know, it's funny you mentioned this idea of a, a lack of rock bottom um, mm-hmm. because so many people, I mean, there's plenty of people that we work with that do have something they define as a rock bottom. Um, but I've found in a lot of cases, um, like for me, I'll, get, I'll just talk about my journey, you know, like on my journey, there were plenty of times when I'd be like, oh, well, I'm not that bad enough yet, right? I'm not at that point yet. Um, and I remember, and this is a story I, I've told a lot of times in a lot of our groups, but I remember being in a hotel room by myself, drinking scotch, watching an episode of Intervention and seeing this guy who'd had like multiple DUIs, I never got a DUI, you know, lost multiple jobs. I didn't lose a job because of alcohol. Um, multiple relationships, you know, just like truly like what we would define as like a rock bottom. And there was a moment there when I was watching that episode that I was like, oh, well, I'm not there yet. Right. And I've also heard of other people going to, um, you know, either watching something like intervention or going to something like an AA meeting and like coming out. And I had this too, like coming out of the meeting being like, well, geez, I'm not an alcoholic. Right. Even though I knew that wasn't necessarily true. Um, so what would you say, like in your journey, um, you know, you start seeing this, you start seeing the possibilities, where was the turning point for you, right? If it wasn't a rock bottom, and this is a question I get a lot, like if there's not a rock bottom, like what happens, right? Like how does someone actually make that decision? Yeah. So mine was so gradual and subtle. And I started seeing this life coach and it's funny because, you know, you can look back in hindsight now and I can. I don't know if this happens with you, but for me, I can really see that I was doing all of these things to progress myself forward without really realizing that's what I was doing at the time. But I started to see a life coach and she was recommended to me by a friend and because, you know, I was kind of struggling in my marriage and I just was feeling like I was really spiraling and I was working on all the other things not alcohol with her, but that it was all these underlying thoughts and belief patterns. And that's the thing that I was working with her on without really realizing how it all translated into my life. And so I did all that. And I did, you know, I did have a pullover. I did get pulled over. Mm -hmm. And so for some people, I did not get a DUI, but um, it was really scary I ended up in the back of a police car. I mean, it was, it was scary. And so some people would say that is sort of a rock bottom, but I just, I don't like the words rock bottom for, you know, I'm just sort of like, it was just for me, another tap on the shoulder, like, okay, we're going to keep giving you these signs (laughs) until you (laughs) really, you you know, until you get it. And so But for me, I could sort of look ahead. I mean, you said you were sitting there watching this episode of Intervention, but I could sort of see ahead. Like if I continue down this path, I may get divorced. I mean, I, I could see at least enough of that to know that I needed to figure something out. And so you know, I don't really know what rock bottom means. I mean, it's gonna mean look like something different for everyone. But for me in particular, I had not sort of hit that place. I call it like the early exit where you're like, okay, I'm headed in that direction. Absolutely. But we need to like go out the side door pretty quickly here or we're, it's not going to be pretty. Um, 
so I don't know if that answered your question. I no, it, it totally does. And, you know, it's funny because I, I, I similar for me, right. I started doing a lot of self-improvement work and I was, you know, I was, I was changing things, right. I had a lot of problems at the time, right. So like things were getting better in my relationship with my wife and my kids, things were getting better at work. Things were, you know, physically I was working out, but I was like still drinking. And mm -hmm. it's funny because it's almost like, I remember there was a point in that journey where I'm like, I have done a lot of the low hanging fruit and there's this one thing and I know it's there and it's been there for a long time and I need to, I need to make a change. And I think something that's really interesting about that is I think a lot of us see that road, right? A lot of us see like, okay, this is progressing, you know, and being able to, I love the idea of an early exit, you know, being able to see that and recognize it and say, okay, I'm gonna take some steps, whatever they are, right? It doesn't, you know, even, even something that isn't alcohol related starts giving you that momentum, which is such an important thing in the, in the whole process. Um, that's awesome. I wanted to ask you about one other thing and then dive into questions. So uh, there were three things um, that you had mentioned that you are, you know, you kind of specialize in. One is nervous system regulation. Uh, this is a huge question and I apologize ahead of time. Uh, the second one is hormone balance. And the third one is mindfulness. So I'd love to just hear a little bit about all of those, particularly, I think a lot of people understand mindfulness, but nervous system regulation was new to me when I got into this world and it was fascinating. So I'd love to hear you just tell us a little bit about all of that. Yeah, so my background and training is in medicine, Western medicine, but then I also studied nutrition and integrative medicine. I did a two year fellowship in that. And that's where I really began to understand that like things don't work in our bodies in a vacuum. And so everything works together. And so when I say hormone regulation and nervous system regulation, I mean that when one thing is sort of out of whack, it kind of throws everything else off. And so our nervous system, you know, you can look at neurotransmitters and all of that. And then the hormone side, you know, all of our hormones that we have in our bodies and all of that stuff, if that's all out of whack, which alcohol definitely throws it out of whack, absolutely. but yeah. also then it being out of whack causes us to have more cravings and causes us to keep those behaviors. And so it's really a lot about this physiology side of it. You know, we learn the psychology side, we learn the thoughts and beliefs, and we learn to kind of manage that. But then there's this other big piece of it, which is how do we calm our nervous systems? How do we activate this, what's called the vagus nerve, which is the biggest nerve in our body that innervate, it's the parasympathetic side of things. So that's like the calming side. Mm -hmm. It puts us into that rest and digest as opposed to the fight or flight. And so the problem is, is when we are drinking a lot and we, we're kind of in these anxiety spirals, which is where the mindfulness piece comes in. And where a lot of us are depressed, you know, whatever it may be, there is so much that goes into that. Alcohol is definitely one piece of it, yeah. but then there's all the neurotransmitters and the nervous system stuff. And there's, you know, the mindfulness piece and there's the hormones. And so for me, I just look at it as a huge puzzle that needs to be kind of put together, you know, where alcohol is a piece of it, you know, there's, there's just all the different pieces. And so how can we work on putting all of those pieces of the puzzle together, as opposed to just focusing on, you know, playing, I like to say playing whack-a-mole. Yeah, Where we're absolutely. like, okay, I got the alcohol, boom. And then we're like, but I still have this. Okay, let's do that, boom. And as opposed to like 
looking at it as one whole thing. And that's like the holistic side of this. Um, so yeah, I just think the physiology side of it is really, really critical when you're working, you know, you need that psychology and physiology piece um, and they yes. go together. I love that. Um, uh, yeah, being able to address a lot of different aspects of the problem at once is important. And I think mm -hmm. a lot of people, it's funny, like when I work with people, cause they'll, they'll come to us and they'll say, you know, alcohol is the problem, right? But then we start having them imagine what if it wasn't the problem, then there's this problem. And then there's that problem. There's always layers of this stuff. So being able to address that from multiple angles makes everything feel better. You know, it's not like, it's not like, oh, I'm losing this crutch that's helping me deal with these other things. It's, it's more of like, no, let's talk about those other things and your reaction to those other things and how those things make you feel and work on this from give you a, give you a bigger toolbox, I guess is the right way to say it yeah. so that you can, you know, you can get through this process. Um, that's awesome. Exactly. All right. You want to dive into some questions? Yes, let's do it. I pulled a few. Um, all right. Uh, here's the first one. Hi, Scott. Can you talk about how to dial up on holding yourself accountable and self-integrity? I'm realizing that I have constantly looked outside of me for the solution to my drinking. I wanted someone else to be responsible and someone else to fix me. And as I said before, I didn't follow through on promises to myself. Would love to hear your thoughts on how I change that and ensure that I honor my commitment to myself in the same way that I always honor my commitments to others. Um, I love this because you kind of talked a little bit earlier, you kind of teed up this question talking about taking responsibility for yourself. So you want to take a whack at answering that, Christy? Yeah. So first of all, I totally get it. Like, you know, that's the easiest thing is just to kind of look around us and try to figure out what, you know, what's being done to us. <laughs> um, and so I think, you know, part of this agency business is really digging deep and being, and I think the key to all this, first of all, is curiosity. And so really getting curious about what our role is in this, which is, you know, ultimately our responsibility. And so, you know, Annie and you and this naked mind, I mean, we all know that like, it's not our fault that we yeah. are where we are, right? We say this all the time, it's not our fault, but it is our responsibility and that is the key. And so I think, you know, really just um, getting curious, digging into those underlying beliefs, kind of just really starting to be willing to be proven wrong, to do the work, to stay curious. Um, I think that's like step one for sure is just knowing that the answers lie with you. Yeah. And so, you know, we often fall into this resentment pattern where we're just so resentful because we just think all this stuff is happening to us and we're kind of feeling like a victim. But I love to remind people that resentment ultimately means that you're angry over unmet needs and that nobody else is responsible for your needs being met except you. And so yes. the minute you can really realize that and just understand that no one else is responsible for me, but me, it really, I think, helps shift things um, in our kind of, you know, work in our processing. Um, so that would be kind of my first kind of response to that. I so love that. And it is true. I, I think that 
you know, it's funny because we, anytime you hear Annie talk about the process and I'll say at times too, we talk about this idea of putting down the weapons of blame and shame. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, culturally, certainly here in the, in the U S but I think in a lot of places, there is a confusion between the weapons of blame and shame and getting yourself to do something. Like we feel like this is the only tool we have, right? Like I didn't go to the gym today. I'm so lazy. What's wrong with me? And we think that that's somehow going to make us want to go to the gym. It doesn't. Newsflash, anyone who has a gym (laughs) membership knows this, right? Mm -hmm. This isn't the thing. And so to your point, understanding that you already have those answers um, is a huge step forward. And it just, it's a radically different way of, of viewing where we're at and how to get where we want to go. Um, you know, one of the things that I've worked with uh, people on a, on a tactic that I'll suggest fairly regularly to people is sort of building up this ability to hold yourself accountable. So one of the one of the ideas that the this naked mind methodology is built on is this I is building on wins, right? Getting yourself into some sort of momentum, um, and because for a lot of us, by the time we start really wrestling with this, we're we've let ourselves down a lot. Uh, and, and often, you know, I get comments like, I don't trust myself or I don't believe that I'll actually follow through with this. And so being able to give yourself, like in the case of this question, just small opportunities to hold yourself accountable. And I mean, small, right? Yep. The way that we talk about it in our programs is we'll say, pick something, you know, you can win. Like there's zero doubt. So maybe it's, maybe it's alcohol free for a week. Maybe it's alcohol free for a day. Maybe it's alcohol free from now until five o'clock whatever that is, define that as a win. And you start to realize, wait a minute, I can, I can get there, right? I can, oh, I did this. It wasn't that hard. I wonder if I can go to 5.30. And it's not about this idea of having, you know, of challenging yourself or stretching your limits. It's really about being very clear. This is how I want to hold myself accountable and getting there and celebrating, you know, and so I, I love the idea of this, you know, that the answers, you know, we already have the answers uh, and it oftentimes feel like we don't. Um, how do you help clients kind of realize that they might have some of these answers already? Like, how do, how do you do it? I'll tell you how I do it, but I'm interested in how you do it too. Well, one of my favorite things to do is just to ask them what advice they would give someone else in the same mm. position. And that automatic, I mean, it's amazing what they come up with. Yes. And so I'm always like, why can't we treat ourselves the way we treat others, you know? And so I really work a lot on that is that like self-compassion piece and that self-love piece where we're so willing to give it, you know, we're so willing to, you know, treat our children with respect and our friends and, you know, we're helpful and we're supportive and we don't judge them, but yet look what we do to ourselves. And so I love turning it around on them and just saying, you know, imagine if I was coming to you with this question, what advice would you give me? And it's amazing what they come up with. It really, it's just like their whole, they just shift everything. They go into this, you know, caring and, and I'm like, why can't you give that to yourself? And so I love to work with people on learning to receive and learning Mm. to trust themselves. I love what you said about it. It is, it's about trusting ourselves again, because for so many years, I mean, for me, it was 32 years of drinking. You really learn to not trust yourself anymore. You know, it's just very deep inside where, you know, you're just like, 
and it's just subtle and little ways, you know, and we really learn to doubt ourselves and, 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 you know, distrust ourselves. Is that a word? Distrust? And yeah, it is now. <laughs> um, I think it is, but either way, I like yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. And so for me, I just really love to work on helping people come back to themselves in that way of, okay, you're right. It's building on these small wins. It's understanding that you have the answers um, and kind of helping them, you know, work through different ways of that, you know, they're worthy of receiving it. They, they already know it. It's already there, but how can you feel worthy enough to give it to yourself? I love that. Yeah. One of my favorite things, which ends kind of in a similar question to that is I will ask people kind of rapid fire questions. Mm -hmm. And, um, the reason that I do that is I try to get just that immediate response. If I ask a question and they're like, hmm, and they're thinking about it and they're spending time, I don't want that, right? Because that's, they're running it through filters. They're running it through yes. lessons, beliefs yeah. they have, all of that. So just yeah. asking people questions at a rapid clip, very often you get the same thing where they're almost answering like they're not talking about themselves. And when they put those two things together, mm -hmm. it's amazing. You know, when yeah. they recognize that, you know, same thing with asking, you know, you asking that question, like when they see, wait a minute, you know, if my daughter or sister or best friend or whatever um, came to me and asked me this question, there's no way I would treat them like I treat myself. Mm -hmm. Whoa, it's a huge realization. Yeah. It's a huge realization. Yeah. And I would add that, by the way, that realization is the beginning of where I think people can get on this road to radical self-care. Right. Mm -hmm. When you first, I remember when I first had the idea that I don't treat myself the way I would treat someone I love, that changed everything because all of a sudden, and I mean, it really is everything, you know, it's like, what food do I eat and how do I talk to myself? And, mm -hmm. you know, do I go work out? Do I take care of myself? And mm -hmm. I mean, just being able to, to see that and be reminded of that, that's kind of that first piece of the journey, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And also, I mean, a big, big thing for me with clients is teaching, and this is that radical self-care. It's like, you need to, you need to learn how to fill up your gas tank because the problem is, is that if we're already starting off on like a low gas tank and then we go through our day, our gas gets depleted very quickly. And then we've got nothing. We're literally yeah. running on fumes. Mm -hmm. And then we're like all evening, we have to give, 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 and like take care of our families and do all these things. And we've got nothing for ourselves. And so I love this, the gas tank analogy with people too, is because the reason we do self-care, the reason we do this work the reason we, we do all of this is to fill our gas tank so that we're equipped and we're full and we're, you know, we're equipped for the rest of the day and we have enough to give, but we also have that reserve left for ourselves. Um, so I always kind of like giving people that analogy too, because when you're running on fumes, I mean, then you're on willpower and we know how that goes. Yeah. And you can't be the best fill in the blank you could be right right parent exactly spouse employee whatever it is that's like really driving that person as you know understanding that you know doing this work actually helps in all of those other areas exactly uh, in a really yeah. important way yeah uh, good all right thank you let's move on to the next one so i have uh, a short one this time around um and it's this how do you deal with stress now that there's no alcohol to take the edge off. So I'd like you to answer this personally, like how does Christy do this? Um, but then also kind of talk about how you work with your clients on that. 
So my answer to this is all, it's all about mindfulness. Um, so for me, well, I mean, there are a lot of there again, there's no one answer. Okay. So I believe in like moving your body every day. I believe in proper nutrition and, you know, really taking care of ourselves and supporting and nourishing ourselves. So that right there. So, you know, it's working on that again, it's that hormones and neurotransmitters and physiology, but I really love, I'm a big, and I, you know, I teach this a lot and people on all of this naked mind platforms have heard me ad nauseum talk about the rain technique, but for me, yeah. it's been the biggest game changer. Um, and, you know, it's that surfing these waves, mm -hmm. um, and understanding that life is painful. Life is stressful. You know, it's just inevitable. And so it's having an acceptance around that, just understanding that that's just being human. But then it's also kind of, we run it through this, you know, rain technique, which is, you know, recognizing sort of how you're feeling and feeling that stress rise up, feeling that discomfort, and then it's allowing it to be there. But the key to it is, is also in investigating it without judgment. And so we talk a lot about, you know, you just said earlier about the filters that mm. we go through and, you know, yeah. our brains love to attach stories to all the things and it just like sends us off on these spirals because we start to judge ourselves and so it's really about honing in on these skills of like allowing discomfort to be there and then also you know working on like rewiring the brain in so many ways that we talk about in this naked mind through the act techniques and all of that but also i love a good meditation practice i'm a big fan of tapping um, so there's just so many ways to calm that nervous system. And over time, the beauty of it is you build up that muscle memory, um, mm -hmm. and yes. that neuroplasticity, which we talk about a lot, which is one of my favorite topics, but, um, over time, the stressful situations that used to really wig you out and send you on a spiral, you'll notice over time that you can kind of just let them move in and out, in and out. And it's, it's you become way more react, uh, responsive rather than reactive. And you start to notice it in your everyday life that, oh, wow. And there's those wins, you know, like, oh, I just totally dealt with that situation way differently than I would have, than I used to. Um, and you'll notice that your stress response doesn't like go through the ceiling. It actually yeah. just kind of stays at a nice, you know, a, a little level. And then you're able to really bring it back down through all those tools. So for me, it's just about, I have like a daily routine, you know, a daily ritual and things that are kind of my non-negotiables that I do every day that really help keep that nervous system strong so that the stress doesn't kind of, you know, send me off the rails. Yeah, I love that. I love the rain technique, by the way. And, mm -hmm. you know, one of, the, one of the things for me in my journey was coming to an idea that I can handle stress. So something that was really, for me, stress was a big reason that I drank, you know, work mm -hmm. stress, financial stress. It's the normal reasons that, you know, we hear that we all share. Um, and I had for such a long time had this story in my head, like, I can't deal with this. I need a drink. Mm -hmm. um, and it's true, you know, for that first 20 minutes, it seems like, I feel, feel better. I'm doing air quotes for those of you listening on the podcast. Um, but nothing changed over time. 
right? That same problem popped up at five o'clock the next day and five o'clock the next day. And maybe the next day the problem wasn't quite there, but I wanted to think about it. So I had an excuse to drink, but I never made progress, right? I didn't grow. And one of the biggest things for me um, was reframing. And I think the rain technique is really helpful here to, mm -hmm. to, to reframe these experiences um, from something that sucks and I have to deal with and it's painful and I don't like it to, wait a minute, there's something for me here, right? There's something for me going through this and it's some sort of growth opportunity, I don't know. And it could be something really as simple as like, whoa, I really don't like my job or like that guy's a jerk, I shouldn't you know, talk to him. Or it could be something bigger, right? It could be something bigger about me. And so reframing the way I look at stress as a signal Mm -hmm. as an indicator that, hey, there is a place for you to grow here, right? There's a place for you to continue. There's a place for you to stretch. That was really helpful on sort of the, the 30,000 foot view. Um, and when I work with people that are going through this process, I always encourage them to put together sort of this, this idea of reframing everything and understanding it differently, which is helpful, but not necessarily in the moment, right? In the moment we need something, right? Yeah. Whatever, whatever that can be, right? If it's a thought or if it's, you know, being able to say like, you know what, I'm just going to take a nap, like whatever that happens to be. What are some of those tactical things in the moment that, that you work with your clients on? Yeah. Well, first I wanted to add on to what you said about signals, because I think cravings are just signals. Okay. It's just mm. our body telling us it needs something. But we're so used to grabbing for the easy, you know, things that are well grooved and formed in our brains, those behavior and habit loops, um, that we just, we're not interrupting that pattern at all. And so I think, yeah. you know, the signal comes, you know, we, the crate, whether it's through a craving or whatever else it is. And that, that's, that's your like teacher right there. Yeah. You know, that's when you just can take take a minute and stop and be like, oh, what is really going on here? What am I really craving? What is my body really asking of me? Um, so yeah, I think it's important to, you know, to reframe and learn how to interrupt. We want to continue to interrupt those habit loops and um, those well-worn paths in our brain because that's how we're going to, you know, rewire everything. Um, but for me, I just, you know, Again, it's that rain technique. It's removing yourself from a, you know, if you're finding that you're going to be really react, um, reactive to something, it's just learning to recognize that it's coming. Yes. Um, and again, it's going through sort of, and I, what I like to do with people is I love to have people start a resource list for themselves. Mm, I love and it's that. called, you know, it's called resourcing where you really just start to write out like step one, drink a glass of water, step two, this, you know, just write out your tools, just write them all out. Just do a big brain dump onto a piece of paper, just down to the basics. Like, do I need to lay down for a minute? Do I need to go for a walk around the block? Like, what yeah. do I, you know? And so write all of it out because in that moment, when you're starting to spiral and you're going off the rails and you're really having a strong craving and you just don't know what to do, look at your list. The list will tell you what to do. 
so that your brain, you're not having to make decisions in that moment because it just, that doesn't go well. When again, our gas tanks are empty. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know, we're spiraling. Our kids are screaming. Like we're, you know, we're just like, oh my gosh, you know, I, that's, those are the moments when we're going to make decisions that we're not going to be proud of later. So I tell people, have your list handy, just look at it and follow, just do what it tells you. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna go drink a glass of water. Okay, did that. And usually what happens is by the time you get to two or three on the list, you're done, you're, you've, yeah. you've gotten through it. Yeah. So it's really just that interruption. We need that pause, we need that interruption. And sometimes it just takes a five second pause. Sometimes it takes five minutes. Sometimes it takes us having to really, really work through our list, you know, mm -hmm. and do a little, put in a little extra oomph when we don't really have it, but you know, we do it and there are those wins. And then you've yes. just won again. You've just learned to trust yourself again. You've just, you know, you've really built up and started to rewire that brain and um, done things that we can be really proud of ourselves for. And I think that's what builds up that resiliency. And that's what builds up, you know, again, it, there's, it's that trust. So, yeah. I love that. I love the resource list. That's mm -hmm. so good. Um, all right. So we are just about out of time. I'm instituting, and I did not tell you about this before we started recording. So uh -oh. the first one, I'm instituting a new thing at the end of every one of these episodes um, that I am calling the big question. It's a curveball question. Are you ready? I don't know. <laughs> it's early. Okay, it is early for you. Okay. okay. Um, so here's the question, Christy. What is a better band, the Beatles or the Rolling Stones? Okay, I am gonna be very unpopular for this, but I am not a Beatles fan. Oh my God, me either. I know. That's so funny. No, that's, oh, that, I'm not? with you. Yeah, no. <gasps> I mean, I don't hate them, but yeah. <laughs> yes, I just, I don't really get it. I don't know. So I have to say Rolling Stones. I'm more of a rock and roll person. Um, you know, I just, I don't know. I, so Beatles to me just don't do much for me. I love it. And I know Thank it's, you. it's very unpopular. <laughs> Thank you for being brave, Christy. I really appreciate it. Um, all right. Well, thank you for hanging out with me for half an hour. This was awesome. I really appreciate you giving us the time. Um, what is your website, Christy, if people want to find out a little bit more about you? Yeah. So speaking of rock and roll, um, my website is danceyourselfcleancoaching.com. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, thanks for again, hanging out for a bit. Um, and thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate it. Um, we'll be back next month with another edition of Coaching Questions and we'll talk to you then. Take care. Hi, it's Annie Grace. I wanted to interrupt this podcast, or I guess the end of this podcast to say that if you are totally serious about actually, truly, and forevermore transforming your relationship with alcohol, really leaving it behind in the rear view mirror for once and forevermore and changing your psychology about it, we have a program called The Path that is created specifically for you. Now, it's not for you if you just, you know, are still dabbling or still trying to figure out where you want to be or, you know, maybe even still want to moderate. All those things are fine. But if you are 
beyond that and you're like, nope, I just want to be done with this. I'm ready to invest some time and I'm ready to just make this happen. I want you to check out nakedmindpath.com and join us in the path where you can truly make this lasting change you want in your life. And as always, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast as it truly helps the message reach somebody who might need to hear it today. Thank you.